We are on Daf Chaf Amad Aleph, but we start from the Mishnah on Daf Yates Amad Beis, seven lines from the bottom, the last word on the line. We are discussing things that we may or may not do on Friday just before Shabbos, lest we come to stir the coals on Shabbos. Ain't solim basar batzal We're not allowed to roast meat, onion, or egg, except on condition that they will be roasted while it's still daytime before Shabbos. Ain't oslim paslatanar. We are not allowed to put bread into the oven just before dark, nor the round cake that we bake on coals, on top of the coals, except on condition that the face, that its face will become crusty while it's still daytime. Rabbi Lezer says, he says that specifically it has to be that the bottom part becomes crusty, and we'll discuss in the Gemara. Even though we said that we can't roast things before Shabbos, we have a special case when it comes to the carbon Pesach. We know that when Pesach falls on Shabbos, we still have to eat the sacrifice of Pesach, but we put it into the oven before Shabbos, and it doesn't have the stringency that we said earlier. Here we say, We are allowed to lower the Pesach into the oven just before dark and allow it to roast on Shabbos. There was a place, the fire room, that they would always keep a fire going. The Kohanim were forbidden by the Torah to, to wear shoes in the Beis HaMikdash because there had to be no intervening substance between their feet and the floor, and they got cold. So there was always a fire going in the, in the Beis HaMokhed. And the Mishnah tells us, it's efficient just to get it going, just to ignite it, just to get it going, and the fire doesn't have to take uh, in, into the, even into the majority of the logs that are there. But outside the there we already have a condition. If you want to light a fire before Shabbos, you have to light it early enough so that the fire will take hold on the majority of the logs in the fire. Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi says, he says, when it comes to coals, they're really no problem because they light quickly. Also, any amount of the coals that become lit is sufficient before Shabbos. The Gemara says, the Kama, how much does the thing have to be roasted? You said it has to be. You said that if you're going to roast something before Shabbos, it has to be roasted before Shabbos. How roasted? Amar Lazar, Amar Rav. He said, "Kedei sheitzolamid ba'od yom." It has to be. It has to be roasted while it's still daytime. Kamaychal ben Jerusai, like the food of ben Jerusai, a famous bandit who barely cooked his food, one third cooked. Itmar Nami, we also learned similarly about this idea of one-third cooking. Any food that was already cooked, like the food of Bedrusai, one-third cooked, there's no prohibition when it comes to the rabbinic prohibition of food cooked by non-Jews. The rabbis, in order to stop fraternization so that we shouldn't come to intermarry, they told us that we couldn't eat the food uh, that was cooked by a non a non-Jew, even though the food was kosher. But if the food is cooked and then the non-Jew cooks it further, that's no problem. So we learn here that once a food is cooked one-third, that's considered cooked, and if the non-Jew cooks it after that, it does not prohibit us from eating that food. Tanya, we also learn, Hananya Omer, he said, when it comes to the famous discussion of leaving a pot on a fire before Shabbos and letting it continue cooking on Shabbos, and the rabbis were concerned that if we put an uncooked pot on that fire, we're going to come to stir the coals on Shabbos, we learned that we learn we learned, we learned that Hananya told us that any any pot that was cooked one third of its cooking, you're allowed to leave it on the on the on the uh, on the one pot fire called Akira. Even though we didn't take the special precautions to stop us from stirring the coals, namely Grufa, that the coals were were swept out, or Ketuma, or that the coals were covered with ashes. Even with no precautions, it's sufficient. That's already sufficiently cooked to say that we're not going to uh, that we're not going to stir the coals.
etc. We learned that you're not allowed to put the bread into the oven uh, just before Shabbos, unless it's going to become crusty. And then we said, the Rabbi Leazar told us it has to become crusty on the bottom. So we're not sure what he meant, which, what, what's called the bottom. <laughs> Why is that? Because they, would, they, they made their bread by sticking it onto the side of the oven wall. So what would happen is that the that would happen is that the that the side facing the fire, what we would call the outer side, uh, outer side, that would become crusty first, and only later the inner side, the part of the bread that was stuck to the wall of the oven, would become crusty. So you don't know if Rabbi Eliezer is merely explaining to us that is telling us that you can be lenient and you only need the outer side to become crusty, so you don't need that much time, or is he being stringent and saying no that it's not sufficient for the outer side to become crusty, even the inner side, the part next to the wall the oven has to be crusty, but we don't know what bottom means. Is bottom the part next to the oven, or is the bottom next to, next to the fire? Ibailu said that rabbis had that question. Tachton, when you said the lower part, tanor, are you talking about the part that is next to the oven, or the oven wall, the part that becomes done later? Tachton, or you meant, when you, or when you said low, you meant, uh, you, meant or you meant the part that is facing the fire, and he's being lenient. Toshma, come in here, we learned explicitly, Rabbi Elezer, Omer, Rabbi Elezer said explicitly, He meant until the face becomes crusty, the face that is stuck to the oven. So you see that he's being stringent. You have to have more time before Shabbos so that even the part that's next to the oven wall becomes crusty. We learned this famous leniency. Mishal Shinas Pesach, you're allowed to lower the Pesach into the oven on Erev Shabbos and let it cook. We're not worried that anybody's going to come to stir the coals. I, my time, and what's the reason? The Gemara says, Bishim de Bnei Chabura, because the group, remember the Pesach was always done in a group. So he says that the members of the group that make the Pesach, reason they're careful, hang. They're careful and they're going to remind each other to make sure that nobody is going to stir the coals on Shabbos. So there we have a special leniency. Umar raises a difficulty. One second, you want to tell me if it weren't for the fact that the members of the group are going to be careful, remind each other not to stir the coals, that we, we wouldn't be allowed to stir the coals? Didn't we learn earlier that kid meat, the meat of a very young lamb, or a very, uh, is, is, uh, is, is no problem to put into the oven just before Shabbos? Why is that? Because we said that when you open the oven door, the wind that comes in is bad for that meat, so nobody's going to want to root the meat that they're that they're that they're roasting, and therefore we don't have to, we don't have to any we don't enemy have any prohibition at all when it comes to goat meat. Amar Mar, didn't we learn earlier? When it comes to kid meat, that whether the oven door is sealed or not sealed, it's completely permissible. There's no problem. So the says, yes, that's true, we said that, but there's a difference between the leniency there and what we said here. Why? Hasam Mintach, over there when we said that there was no reason to be to take precautions, it was because and because the meat was cut into pieces, and kid meat that's cut into pieces is very sensitive, and just opening the oven door will, will damage it, and therefore nobody's going to do it, nobody's going to stir the coal. So you're right there, there's no problem. Haha, but here by definition, the carbon Pesach, lo mintach, it wasn't cut up. We used to roast the, the carbon Pesach completely whole, and therefore it's not true, it's not true that the whole thing is sensitive to wind. If you would open the oven door, the wind will not hurt when you're roasting a whole kid, only when it's in pieces. Therefore, we need the other factor to say that the reason it's permissible is because the members of the group that are making the Pesach are going to remind each other. Now we said when it comes to the fire, 
in the firehouse in the in the um, in the fire room of the base amigdash that they would use to keep the kohanim warm. or it was sufficient just to get the fire started. You didn't have to let it take on the majority of the logs. How do we know that it's sufficient just to get it started? We don't have to worry about uh, them not coming to store the coals on Shabbos. Rav Huna, Rav Huna said, I'll tell you why I have a Pasuk. It tells us that on Shabbos day, the Torah tells us you should not ignite a fire in any of your settlements. In all, any of your settlements, that's where you're not allowed to light a fire on Shabbos. But you are allowed to light a fire in the fire room of the Beis Amigdash. But <laughs> raises a difficulty. Tim says, "What are you talking about? You have a pasuk that says you can light a fire in that room on Shabbos." Yochi, if that's true, why, why is the Mishnah teaching me that I can just barely start the fire? That's sufficient on Arab Shabbos. I don't have to worry that I'm going to stir the coals on Shabbos. I feel the Shabbos nami that I should be able to light a fire not just on Friday, just before Shabbos. I should be able to light it on Shabbos itself. And Lam Rav Chista, Rav Chista said, that's not what it means. That Pasuk is only coming to tell us that on, that on Friday night we are, we, are, we are allowed to burn up the limbs of the animals that were sacrificed and the fats that have to be, that have to be burnt up on Shabbos. But over here, when it comes to the idea of lighting the fire in Erev Shabbos, Kohanim is the reason. It's the reason that we originally said Kohanim are particularly meticulous; they're careful, and we don't have to worry that they are going to that they are going to stir the fire on Shabbos. They're different than other people. But we said when it comes to the outside of the base Amigdash, etc., we said that it has to that the fire has to take on the majority. Okay, my Ruban, what is the majority? We have two possibilities here. We're we talking about the majority of each individual log, or we talk about the majority of the logs. Amarav, Rav said, Rav Rav takes the first position. He means it's the majority of each and every log. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says the other way. Here's the amount that has to, that you have to, that the fire has to take before Shabbos in order not to worry that we're going to come to stir the coals. It has to take to such a degree that nobody will say, I bring kindling, bring tinder, bring kindling that the, that we take little little pieces of wood to put it under and make all the logs catch. And those the fire is, it has taken so well that we don't need to add anything more to make sure it takes. And when is that? That's when the majority of the logs are lit. Tani Rabbechia, the Siyur de Shmuel, Rabbechia taught in, in support of Shmuel, he taught a brisa that says it's the majority of the logs. We learned what, that just like when it came to lighting the menorah and the Beis HaMikdash, Kedesh Teit Shal Heves Olamei Leha. That uh, that we learned that when you light the menorah in the base of Migdash, you have to light it until the fire goes up on the on the on the lamp by itself. And not that the, not that the fire is going up, still needing the aid of something else. So when is it called? When is it when is it called on fire? When it doesn't need any more help, and that's like Shmuel. Now, what about a single log? What do you do there? How do you know how much how much does it have to be lit before Shabbos so that there's no rabbinic prohibition? Rav Omar Rav Avya. Rav says that the majority of its width has to be lit. And some people say what he said was, Rav Hakefo. Some people said he said the majority of its circumference. Well, those are two different things. Is it, is it the majority? We don't know if it's the majority of the width or the majority of the circumference. Um, Rav Papa, Rav Papa said, Hilkach, therefore, being in Rav Avya, being in Rav Hakefo. Therefore, we need both. We need also to have the majority of its width and the majority of its circumference. Kitanoi. And actually, this argument, whether it's, the, uh, whether it's the majority or this idea, whether it's the majority of the width or the majority of the circumference, was an argument of the Tanaim. Rabbi Chia Amar, we learned Rabbi Chia said, Kadeshi Yishachaisa Eitz Mimelechasa Uman. You have to, the fire has to go on a log sufficiently so that that log is no longer, is no longer useful 
for the for the craftsmen. So in other words, the carpenter can't use it. What does that mean? It the, means the fires burn the majority of its width. He says the second opinion, Yehuda says no, it has to be lit from both sides, and that's what we mean, the majority of its circumference. Even though I can't prove uh, from the Torah that it's the majority of the circumference, we do find a verse that at least that at least indicates that it's true. When the Pasuk is speaking about, really using a parable about the Jewish people, but it's speaking about the fire burning the wood, Eshnek Tzosov Okay, the two the two edges, uh, the fire, the two sides, the fire consumed. That's the majority of the circumference. and and the inside has become dried out. Will it be will it be good for work? So you see, he has an indication that it's the majority of the circumference. And we have a famous a famous case in the Navi where the king Yoyakim burnt the Megillah of Eicha that Yirmiyahu Navi had sent to him. And it says, well, of It says, the Ach is burning in front of him. So when it says, my Ach, what does the word Ach mean? Amar Rav, so Rav said, Achvana. It means willow, uh, uh, willow wood. Will, uh, willow wood. Ushmul Amar, Eitzim Shenidleklu Bachvana. He says, no. Shmuel says that the word Ach is like the word brother. Things that, that it means, it means uh, logs that were lit together. That the smaller ones lit the bigger one. Ahuda Amar we can see a, a bit, we can see a support for what Rav said. Ahuda Amar man achvana. There was a certain person who came out and he said in the marketplace, he says, who wants achvana? Who wants to buy achvana? And he found that what he was selling was, was willow wood. So we see ach is a word for willow. Amrav Huna, now, this is a very interesting thing. Rav Huna says that if you have a, bu- a bunch of reeds which light very quickly one to the other, you know, okay, you don't have to have a rove. There we don't need the majority because they're, they're for sure going to light up well and you're not going to have to come to stir them. Agdon, but if you if you bound them together all in one bundle, then you need the, then you do need the majority. Why? Because when they're in a bundle, I, I, as I understand, it's more like a log, and we can't be guaranteed that they're going to take, and you might come to you might come to adjust them. Karinin also dried date in date pits ain't uh, They also don't need a majority. Why? They just like quickly one to the other. but if you put them into a basket. Uh, that was made out of that was made out of uh, palm fronds, uh, and then you put it into the fire. Tzrichinrov. Then you need a majority again. It's more like a log. Maskiflor of Chizda. Rav Chizda attacks him, and he says, "Other Rabbi says the contrary." He says exactly the opposite makes sense than what you said. Kanim, okay, mevadron. When it comes to when when it comes to reeds, you need a majority. Why? Because they because they're separate. Okay, that's they're not going to light each other, and that's why you specifically need a majority. Abdon lomavadron. But if you bind them, bind them together, since they're not separate, then they're going to light one another, and you don't need a majority. So specifically, when they're bound, you don't need a majority. And the same thing, garina. When it comes to the dry date pits, mevadron. Okay, they need a majority because they're separate. And they're not going to light each other. Nasim echosolos. Okay, but if you you put them into into baskets, loma vajra, then they're not separate, and they're going to light each other. You don't need a majority. Now the Gemara says, Yitmar Nami was also taught some people take it out. Um, Rav, Kahana, Rav Kahana learned the following, and he takes both sides. When it comes to reeds, you'll see that he says like Rav Huna, and when it comes to date, date pits, he says like Rav Chista. He says, Kanim Sha'agdan, uh, uh, reeds that you bound together, Rov, they need a majority. Like we said, they're like a log. We can't guarantee they're going to light up, and you might come to, if you have to have a majority, Lit before Shabbos. Lo Agdam, but if you didn't bind them, ain't Shechem Rov. They don't need a majority because since they're separate, they're going to light quickly one to, one to the 
one to the one to the other. Garina and Srichan Rav, when it comes when it comes to day pits, they need uh, they need uh, uh, they need a majority because they're separate. They're not going to light one another. Nasimachosolos, but if you put them into baskets, ain't Srichan Rov, They don't need a majority. Since they're all together, they're going to light one another. Tanarav Yosef, Rav Yosef learned Abba Maduris ain't Srichan Rov. There are four fires that don't need a majority. Why they just light so well? There's no there's no problem and no worry that they won't be lit well and that will come to do anything on Shabbos. What are the four? Shal Zephes, a fire of pitch. Mishal Gafres, a fire of, of sulfur. Mishal Gvina, it says here, cheese. The Gra points out that, that here, instead of the word cheese, the rift has kira, wax. Mishal Ravav, or of some fatty thing that's going to dissolve in the fire. Ravav, like fatty substances, greasy substances that are going to melt into the fire. And in Abraisa, we learn two more that are that are also absolutely no problem. They don't need any majority before Shabbos. Afshakash, also a fire made out of straw, Vishagavava, or or from stubble in the fields. Those things light quickly and well, and there's no problem. Amrav Yochanan, Eitzin Shabbavo, Ein Srichim Rav. Rav Yochanan made a statement that's, that we're not exactly, we're going to have a little hard time understanding. He says that the that the, the trees, the wood from the trees from Babel don't need a majority. Wood from Babel, doesn't need, Babylonian wood doesn't need a majority. Maskeifah Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says, I don't understand. If I take it if I take it simply, Mahi, I don't understand what he's saying. Ile Masilti, if I'm talking about the wood that they were like, that they used to use in Babylonia, which was that they would use small strips of wood, I understand. That's what you're talking about. But that doesn't make sense that you don't need a majority. Hashta, he says, didn't we learn, Psila, when it comes just to lighting a wick for our, for our Shabbos lights on Shabbos, Amr Ula, Ula said, that a person lighting a wick on Shabbos has to light the majority of the wick that comes out of the lamp. And, and, and a wick is oily and very likely to light up. Silting me by when it comes to pieces of wood, is there any question, even these thin strips of wood, is there any question, even the ones they use in bubble, is there any question that you, have to, that you need a majority? It's, it's less likely to light than a wick full of oil. Elam Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, no, this is what Rabbi Yochanan meant. Socha da Arza, he meant the wood of cedar trees. Now, why is that? As, we, as we're going to see, the wood of cedar trees has a type of woolly substance that grows uh, between the bark and the tree, and it really makes that wood burn, and therefore that kind of wood, the, particularly the wood, the wood of these cedar trees, uh, is not a problem. You don't need any majority before Shabbos because they're definitely going to light up well because of that woolly substance. Rami Bar Abba Amar, he says another explanation of Yochan is what is Zaza. He's talking about a type of moss that grows on the trees. Say Hadron Allah, Shabbos. As everyone knows, we have a mitzvah to light lamps uh, for Shabbos uh, in order to enjoy the Shabbos and in order to honor the Shabbos. But we're worried that if we use wicks that do not light well or oils that don't, aren't absorbed in the wick, that a person will come to tilt the lamp or adjust it on Shabbos to make it burn better. And therefore, the Mishnah limits what we're allowed to use for wicks or for oils. But Memad Likin, what do we light with? What And what do we not light with? Emelikin, we do not light, light lobelechash, not with the woolly substance uh, that grows uh, on the uh, that grows on the cedar tree. It grows in the cedar tree, below chosen, not which not with chosen, which is uncombed flax, below uh, a type of perhaps inferior silk, below idan, not with the woolly substance that grows on the willow tree or in the willow tree, below psilas midbar, and not with the what psilas midbar is a type of long grass, below birokoshal peneamayim, and not on the green stuff, the algae kind of stuff that grows in the water on the bottom of boats that are docked. 
below Bezefes now, that was that was the wicks. Now we're going to start talking about the oils that we cannot use, about the fuel that we can't use. Below Bezefes, not with pitch. Below Beshava, not with wax. Below Beshem and Kik, not with Shem and Kik. Below Beshem and Srefa, not with oil that has to be burnt. Below uh, Baalya, not with uh, not with the uh, fat from the tail of the uh, of the sheep. Below Bechelev, not with the forbidden fats, the fats of the animal that the Torah forbids. Nacham Amadi Omer, Nacham Amadi says, Madlikim Bechelev Mabushal. He says you can those forbidden fats you can light with them if they are cooked. And the rabbis say, no matter whether they are cooked, or no matter whether they're not cooked, you cannot light with them. The Gemara says, Lechesh, what is Lechesh? Going down the list, what is that? Socha da Arza, that is the, that is the branch of a cedar tree. The Gemara says, what do you mean the branch of a cedar tree? That's not a wick. Socha da Arza, eitz ba'almu. The branch of a cedar tree is wood. It's not, it's not a wick. The answer is no. The Gemara says, "Barbanisa dispe." We said it's that wool uh, that that it, that's in the cedar tree between the bark and between the tree. Love We say we don't light with chosen. I'm Rabbi Yosen. Never shall piston. What is what is chosen? It is the it's the it's the very fine uh, portion of the flax, a uh, very fluffy little fine portion. Amalei Abaya. So Abaya said to him, one second, how can you tell me that, that how can you tell me that Chosen is Naores? I'm going to show you from a Pasuk that Chosen and Naores are two different things. You said Chosen is Naores, the fine part of the flax. What do you mean? He says, I'll show you from a Pasuk, it's not so. Vaxiv didn't the Pasuk say, Vaya Chosen, the Pasuk actually says, Vaya Chosen Naores. It says the strong one will become, will become Naores, weak, like, like, weak, like, 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 no, like, Fluff like the Oras. but he's learning what that the Chosen, the same thing, the Chosen and the Oras are two different things. Uh, so that's implied. Alam Rabaya, one second, and we'll read the parentheses. So it says, the Chosen Lav which implies that Chosen is not Noras by definition. Alam Rabaya, rather, Abaya says, Kitna the Daikul and Afit. So you have to say that what Chosen is, is, is uh, fibers of flax that were beaten but were not combed. We said in the Mishnah you cannot use kolach. Amar Shmuel, we want to know what is what is what is kolach. I asked all the people who go, who go down to the sea who sail. and they said to me, kulcha shmei. It's something that is called kulcha. Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Amar gushkara. He says it's gushkara is a type of inferior uh, silk, the refuse of silk. These two rabbis were sitting in front of Rabbanah Nechemia, who is the brother of the exilarch. They saw he's, he, was, he was wearing a garment made out of metaxa, which is kolach. He says, oh, that's the kolach of the Mishnah that we learn what he's wearing. Says no. What what it says in the Mishnah, Kalach, we call that Shira Paranda. So the Gemara raises a difficulty to what Abayah said. How can you tell me that Shira Paranda is that thing? He says, Masebe. Did we learn when we were talking about Tzitzis? We said Hashirayim, Vahakalach, Vahasirikin, all these different things. Shirayim, the the primary silk. Vahakalach, the other type of silk. Vahasirikin, and also 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 very soft um, part of silk that breaks up. Chayav Betzitzis, all these things are obligated uh, obligated to have Tzitzis. So Tiyuftigma says that's a knockout blow to Abayi. You see that what? That Shiraim and Kalach are two different things. So you can't tell me what? That Shirim Paranda is Kalach. We saw Shiraim and Kalach were two different, two different, two different materials. 
Ibai Semi Gwar says, no what? Yeah, I could really defend Abaya and I could say Shira Lachud, Bashira Paranda Lachud. You're right, that Shira and Kalach are two different things, but Shira Paranda and Kalach are one. Are, 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 in other words, Shira Lachud, Shira is one thing, but Shira Paranda Lachud, and Shira Paranda is another thing. So it's true that Shira is not Kalach, but Shira Paranda could indeed be uh, Kalach. The Mishnah said, Love Basilasidan, the woolly growth on the willow tree. So what is that though? So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara says, Achvina. We said that's the willow. They were going in the valley of Tamarisa, these two rabbis. They saw these certain willows. So Ravin said to Abaye, He says, Oh, that's what we learned in the Mishnah. That is Edan. So Abai said to him, it's Bahamu, that's wood. He says, that's not a, that's not a wick. So Kalach ve'achvile, so what he did was, so Rabin peeled the tree, he peeled the bark back, ve'achvile arvanisa demeni beni, showed him the woolly substance that was between the bark and the tree, and obviously that's what the Mishnah was talking about. We said also, below b'psilas midbar. what is that? The Gemara says that is shavra, as we said, it's a type of long grass. Below biroka shal, etc., we said not with the green stuff that's on the face of the water. Mahi, so the Gemara says, what is that? If you're talking about this dark green stuff that's in the cracks where the water where the water goes into, that stuff just crumbles. It, 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 there's no reason to talk about it because it can never possibly be used as a wick. Papa says, no, this is what he's talking about. It's talking about the dark green stuff on the bottom of the docked ships, that stuff, it does hold together enough for a person to think that they could use it as a wick, and, order for, and therefore the mission has to tell us no. Tana, we learned that we learned that in a brisa, and the brisa added two more things that you can't use for a wick. You can't use wool, and you cannot use hair. But Tana, I said, so the Tana did done, so then I, how come if the brisa had, had those two things, why didn't our Tana also mention those things to disqualify them and say that they're not good wicks, they won't hold the fire? The answer is because they are so obviously not good for wicks, the Tana felt that they never had to mention them. Tzemer, Michvaz the wool just, just uh, contracts right away, and, and there's no way for the fire to hold on to it. And Seyar, when it comes to hair, it becomes scorched also, it becomes right away scorched, it just burns up, and there's no reason to believe it could be ever be used as a wick, so the Mishnah doesn't have to disqualify it. We said further below with Zephes, that you cannot use Zephes. Zephes, Zifta, the Mishnah, the Gemara tells Zephes is Zifta. And Shava, what is Shava? Kirusa. Shava is what we call, and both these are the Aramaic words. Zifta is the Aramaic word, and Shava in Aramaic is Kirusa, what we call wax. Tana, we learned, Ad Khan, up until we said the green stuff on the water, that is talking about the wicks that are that are disqualified. Mikan ve'elech from the from the word starting zephes from pitch, money. We're talking about what we're disqualifying or we're disqualifying um, fuels. Everybody can see that. Who doesn't who doesn't know that the oil, that the that the fuels or the oil start from pitch? Gemara says no. I'll tell you why. Shabbos because I might have thought that wax uh, wanted to tell me that uh, that. Um, that uh, I want to tell you about wax. Because wax, it's true, the, the Mishnah told me that wax is not a good fuel, but I might have thought that it's also disqualifying wax from being a wick. In other words, I might have, I might have thought that wax was, wax was also on the wick list, not only on the fuel list. Why? Let's say because they would make, what they used to do, they'd make a long uh, wax, like a wick with a wick inside of it, and either, either it's like a waxed wick or like what we call a candle, and you might think that that's disqualified, and the answer is no. He's, therefore, we had to learn, no, that wax is only 
only wax is only on the fuel list, but it's not on the wick list. If you made a wax wick like a candle, that is that is fine to use as a wick. Um, Rabbi Abin, Rabbi Abin just tells us a general uh, thought that Itran Apsulta de Zifta, Itran Itran is the is the refuse, the by the refuse of of pitch, Shava Apsulta de Dusha, and wax is the refuse of the honeycomb.